Hey, Tom Brown, man. Hey, comedian, I'm going to meet you at the party, man. You know how Texas do it? Already. Yeah. It's the name they say is running the game. It's a remain up in the building. So go ahead and hand over the torch. Producer Scott starts in the court. I'm going to show you how to get your shine. Get your shine on. Turn it up to DJ playing my song. My song. Everybody keep on calling my This is Dump on the Up, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Wednesday, November the 10th, 2021. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you, as usual, from Brooklyn, New York, where it has just been the most beautiful day. Oh, nice. Like 70 degrees and sunny. And just so nice. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I take. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were doing the B block already. My <laughs> hot take today has to do uh, with Alex Cora getting snubbed in a way unseen before in Major League Baseball snubbery. Uh, the league announced the finalists for Manager of the Year award. And Alex Coral was not on that list, despite, despite <clears throat> leading a Red Sox team second place in the AL East. Um, I guess they don't take postseason into account in these awards. But uh, I, would say, I would say that you could not point to another team and say that this team overperformed more than the Boston Red Sox in the year 2021. Um, the Red Sox... Uh, used 56 different players on their roster this season. That's a league. I mean, that's a team high all time. Um, And they used more different starting pitchers than any other team in the American league, I think this year. Um, And yet Alex Gore's name's not even on that list, which is just bullshit politics um, and kind of points to these awards being kind of meaningless (laughs) well obviously the awards are meaningless i was a little surprised uh that the chicago white sox man is manager tony Lelusa was not on that list either but kind of less surprised and more relieved that we weren't going to have to argue about that uh (laughs) (laughs) but like who who decides this anyway is it the press or is it other is it mlb is it other managers I don't know. I think it's, you know, he wasn't on that list because he was suspended last year. I mean, I think that's got to be the only reason. Red Sox were like a last place team last year, and they made it to within one game of the World Series this year. And that's like the difference is him, you know. Right. Mariners manager made the list. Right. The Mariners didn't even make the playoffs. Right. Kevin Cash of the Rays, Dusty Baker of the Astros. Dusty Baker's probably going to win it, isn't he? I mean, probably. 
the Dusty. I mean, and that's the fucked up thing. If Dusty Baker wins it managing the team that cheated and Alex Cora doesn't even get nominated because he also was managing the team that cheated, that's fucking bullshit, you know? <laughs> Right. Anyway, it's a huge snub. It's complete bullshit. Um, and like, you know, Dusty Baker managed a good team to just about what they had one more win than the Red Sox, like a much higher talented team. Right. And, and Kevin Cash, same deal. The Rays have so much talent like the Red Sox was it was a huge mess this year as we talked about very very much and you know alex core did a fucking incredible job and if he wasn't suspended last season i guarantee runs away with it this season interesting 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 hot take um okay mine like i said my name is joel thomas is usually joining us from seattle he's not here this evening uh we're kind of transitioning in we're still going to be podcasting regularly but kind of transitioning into an off-season schedule so he'll be in and out a little bit more uh while doing the off-season than we were doing the regular season but shout out to thomas like i said my name is joel i'm coming at you from champaign illinois uh my hot take sam and this is more philosophical than anything and it's a realization i came to the other day is that every sport has its different never-ending conversation. And for baseball, that sport is, does this player deserve to go into the Hall of Fame? And these are like those barbershop conversations, right? That can just go over and over and around and around and around and around again because everyone's got their opinion. And really, there's no way to determine uh, definitively who's right and who's wrong. Right. So, so, you know, baseball also, along with all these end of the year uh, awards, they also released their Hall of Fame ballot for this year. And already everybody's fucking arguing over, you know, whether Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame or fucking. He does. He does, right? The uh, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling. Alex Rodgers. Kurt Schilling, I'm not sure Kurt Schilling does. Roger Clemens does. Yeah. I mean, like, Kurt, I mean, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, if you did just discounted all of their time after they started doing steroids, they'd still be Hall of Famers. You know what I mean? But, but like you could totally to... cut their, like, their half careers before they started doing steroids were still Hall of Famers worthy you know you just have to pinpoint it to the point where like their heads expanded right <laughs> oh, oh shit yeah barry bonds is twice the size he he's twice the man he used to be you know right so that, <laughs> that day like may 21st 1998 or whatever when yeah head got like larger than 18 inches diameter right. that's when we cut it off only the stats before that date count barry bonds but you would still like have a record number of National League MVPs. Uh, and Roger Clemens also, I agree with you. My point being, though, is that this is just fodder for sports media hacks like ourselves to fill up their ed time, air time talking about. Yeah, we are hacks. Yeah, total hacks. Um, so, you know, add us, Twitter, at Dump on the Up. <laughs> should, 
should Barry Bonds be in yeah. the game? Talk shit to us on Twitter. Talk Joe will us. own you. Yes, definitely. I love talking shit to strangers on Twitter. Um, do you have any sp- special shout outs you want to give out this week? Probably, but I'm blanking yeah. on the spot. Uh, make sure you check out last week's episode. It was our last, you know, it was our World Series recap, real good episode. Check that, that out on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify. Shout out to everybody who was listening last week. Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Sam, Seattle, Washington came through for us on the listens this week. And nice. It's kind of ironic that uh, Thomas isn't here today because... He's probably just listening because right. he misses us so much. <laughs> right. It's just Thomas listening to like every <laughs> old episode over and over again. Right. Just getting uh, so angry every time I open my mouth. <laughs> and just <laughs> shouting at his phone and his poor family is asking him to be quiet. <laughs> right. The baby's sleeping. <laughs> uh, Seattle, Washington, Ashburn, Virginia, Champaign, Illinois, San Jose, California, Algonquin, Illinois, Providence, Rhode Island, Vernal, Utah. That's a weird name for a town. Clinton, Mississippi, Barcelona, Spain, Portland, Oregon, Richardson, Texas. What's that? I don't even know how to pronounce that. Uh, Dublin, Ireland. Continue listening. Tell your friends. Steal their phone. Subscribe. Hit that like, rate, and review button. You know how it goes. So we don't have... um, official headlines because I took a nap this afternoon instead of doing my homework. But uh, we wanted to talk about something that we talked about last week also. And yeah. that this Aaron Rodgers anti-vax situation. Now, when we last podcasted, if you go back and listen to last week's episode, we, we came down on Aaron Rodgers pretty hard. But it was, right. only, and that was before he even opened his mouth. It, it was like literally right before he had opened his mouth. So all we knew about him was he had pretty much lied or quote unquote misled the media about his vaccination status. <clears throat> but since then, Aaron Rodgers has gone full on board with the crazy anti-vax. Conspiracy yeah. theory, uh, word vomit, and it's been equal parts hilarious and sad. Yeah, my opinion. Well, and this is like this is interesting, right? Because this isn't just <clears throat> this isn't what's his name Beasley, wide receiver for the Buffalo yeah. Bills, <clears throat> who nobody gives a shit about. This is Aaron Rodgers. This is like the most famous football player not named Tom Brady <clears throat> or um, what's his name for the Chiefs is probably more famous. Mahomes, but if you can't remember his name, <clears throat> right. to argue that. Well, every time I think of him, I just think Sideshow Bob. Yeah, anyway. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, you know, this situation, like the New York Times wrote about this, which is crazy because the New York Times doesn't normally write about football stuff on their front page. But he went on some rate like sports talk show forty five and spoke for forty five minutes about how he's smarter than everybody 
And that's why he didn't get vaccinated. And the reason he said he lied to the press about getting vaccinated is he didn't want to get canceled by, quote, the woke mob. Right down for the woke mob. And and this is just like, I'm a little bit surprised at Aaron Rodgers because he's afraid, right? Like this is this is classic, I'm afraid of science rhetoric, anti-vax rhetoric um, by somebody who you would think, given his history, um, would be kind of above that. But he spouted a lot of uh, your standard conspiracy theory bullshit about the vaccine making him sterile and he wants to like become a father uh-huh. which it's not true and there's no reason to believe that it would be true um he cited joe rogan as like medical advice he he was he he referred to the vaccine is kind of like a political right versus left thing and he was he said you know, I'm not a left or right on this. I'm just a critical thinker. And, and, and it just, it was just like so much incorrect nonsense that he was spouting that it was almost shocking. Uh-huh. And this guy has a huge platform to speak, yeah. which is crazy. And all he's doing is standing up there and saying that he's afraid, essentially. He's afraid to get this vaccine. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. No, I still have a theory that two out of three anti-vaxxers just don't like needles and are using this as bullshit reasons for why they don't want to go to the doctors and get a shot. My other takeaway from this is that it turns out that celebrity athletes are just like you and me in that all that they're doing on their free time is scrolling through their social media. So we give people like Kevin Durant a hard time because Kevin Durant is on Twitter all the time, right? We've talked about right. it before. And he's really funny because he'll actually go back and forth with a Twitter troll who has nine followers or something like that and yell at them. Right. And he also has alternate accounts that he uses to support, <laughs> yeah. to agree with himself on Twitter. Exactly. Yes. Uh, oh, speaking of which, we did get retweeted by John Cusack, who was yelling at us. So that was good. Um, nice. But it turns out that Aaron Rodgers is doing the exact fucking same thing. Maybe he's not engaging the way someone like Kevin Durant is, but all Aaron Rodgers is doing in his free time is scrolling through his own Instagram feed. I read a thing about, uh, like analyzing the people he was following on his Instagram, and it's yeah. all crazy anti-vax conspiracy theorists, right? So right, Aaron weird. is out here, quote unquote. And well, and here's my hypothesis about that: when you start following those accounts, you don't necessarily know that that's what they are. Like, I'm not trying to excuse what Aaron Rodgers has done, but I can easily see him slowly falling down these rabbit holes of anti-vax conspiracy theories on his Instagram feed, not really knowing it because, oh, here's this, I don't know, qualified homeopathic doctor from 
Calabasas, California, who graduated from Hollywood Upstairs Medical University. Yeah. And so I'll follow this guy and say what they have to say about COVID on Instagram. I mean, I know. It's, this is why this is happening. Social media has a huge part of it. Well, and also he's afraid. Uh huh. Because that he he said all of the things that somebody who's afraid and is deflecting says, and he said things like, "This is everybody needs to make the decision that's best for them and their body," which is like that's bullshit first of all and is the thing that you would listen to your doctor about he kept referring to his medical team and i don't know what the fuck his medical team is but it certainly doesn't have any doctors on it yeah Yeah. joe rogan is the leader of aaron Rodgers' medical team like that's such bullshit uh and in a situation like this where we're dealing with a pandemic the thing that you do is not make the decision that's best for you this is a community issue and you have to factor that in so by saying oh this is best for me and my body which a is not true because he has covid now uh is like that's bullshit because it's not about you and this is about everybody and the thing that you do to like make the shit stop is get vaccinated so you can't get not get vaccinated and the other things he said he's allergic to the mrna vaccines without saying what he was allergic to so i'm highly suspicious of that and then he said he didn't want to get the johnson and johnson vaccine because he was afraid of the blood clotting side effect which affected six out of every one million people and they were all women under the age of 50, right? So he doesn't even fit into the demographic of people who are susceptible to the blood clotting side effects from this Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And yet he used it as an excuse to not get it. You've said a couple of times that he's afraid. What do you mean specifically by that? Like, what is he afraid of? I think that he's, re- like, he said he didn't want to get the vaccine because the chances of him getting harmed by the vaccine were higher than the chances of him getting COVID and, and having negative health effects, which, which I don't know where he's getting. He said he got that from his medical team, which right. is bullshit. And then the other thing he said is that there's been no long-term study into how this could affect male potent or like uh virility or or like he because he wants to have a kid and he's worried about becoming sterile of the vaccine which is one of the things that is going around the internet as uh like this vaccine is going to make you sterile Mm -hmm. which is not true he also said, you already mentioned, you know, he's t- treating this as, well, this isn't a left to right issue. And in one sense, that's total bullshit. But Aaron Rodgers was never like a MAGA guy to begin with. 
right? He's more like the homeopathy, homeopathy hippie Californian who fell into this, you know, natural medicine hole that leads to anti-vaccinations. So right. my question then is, how because something that surprised me has been Aaron Rodgers going on the defensive and saying that he is surprised by the backlash to his anti-vax statements. Why is he surprised? Why did he not have anyone in his family, in his close circle of friends, why didn't his goddamn agent tell him, uh, Aaron, this is a really, really bad idea? Right. I'm sure he did. And but you know, Aaron Rodgers, like, uh -huh. he knows more about health than doctors. So right. why is he going to listen to anybody who's like, don't say these stupid things publicly because you're going to get crucified for them because yeah. you're a fucking idiot. Right. Yeah. Like, who is his agent? Because that agent should be fired. If, if I was agent, I'd be like, no, you can't say these things. You have to like, and, and I'd be like, you have to go get vaccinated. I don't care what Joe Rogan says because, you know, Sam, I spent all Saturday watching college football and I didn't see Aaron Rodgers one time on my television. But yeah. He was gone. And you used to see those Aaron Rodgers State Farm uh, commercials like they were basically every other commercial on Fox. Yeah, he was in 30% of the State Farm commercials before his interview. And then this past weekend, he was in less than 2% of them. Right. I saw this graphic. And he got, he was like a, a spokes celebrity for this walk in health clinic chain in Wisconsin. And they dropped him like a bad habit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't believe that he would go forward with this. It's really shitty. He's a shitty person doing shitty things uh, and setting a bad example, right? Like if, and you kind of mentioned this already, if you are concerned about being a, a celebrity, a role model, like you have to be, a, you do have a certain societal responsibility to be a positive role model. Right. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about we're dealing with a pandemic that literally affects everybody. Mm -hmm. And not everybody is a rich multi-million millionaire athlete. Yeah. Who is rolling in state farm money and has presumably mansions all over the country in beautiful rural areas where they can go to quarantine. Right. And the only thing you have to do to do your part to make this shit go away is get vaccinated and you go on television and publicly say, that's bullshit. People shouldn't have to get vaccinated. They shouldn't have to. Everybody has to make a choice that they think is best for them. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. um, but let's backtrack a little bit because 
he didn't say anything until last week when it came out, when we found out that he actually had COVID. Right. So for the first eight weeks of the NFL season, he was totally fine. And this is what we talked about more last week. He was totally fine with just letting everybody believe that he was vaccinated and keeping his damn mouth shut, not saying anything about it. It he, was, he told people he was vaccinated, or he told people he was immunized. Right, and just let them think he was vaccinated and not correct them, which, to be fair, I have done before. When you just, I didn't lie, I just didn't correct you when you assumed what I said. Right. But, yeah, I would still call that lie. Um, it's a lie by omission. A lie by omission, exactly. Now, he's suspended... For, he was suspended for Sunday's game uh, against the Bills, I think it was. Green Bay versus Buffalo. No, it was against Kansas City, which was hilarious. And I think who won that game? I have no idea who won that game. It was a really ugly the Packers game. lost. It was 13 to 7. 13, yeah, it was a gross game because for some reason, Patrick Mahomes is inexplicably bad at football now. Uh, so that was the suspended game. So he's scheduled to be back for the Green Bay Packers this next Sunday. They got a home game against the Seattle Seahawks, which could be interesting. He, he's going to be back for that game, but what's going to happen? It, how are his teammates going to treat him? What if he gets COVID again? Does he still not have to get vaccinated? I think his teammates knew he was unvaccinated. Okay. And I think now that he's had COVID, he's going to be even less likely to get vaccinated. Right. He'll be like, I, now I've got the antibodies. Right. Now I have natural immunity, just the way that my California Mother Earth goddess intended me to. Exactly. And I'm smarter than you, doctor. Right. It's <laughs> making me yeah. angry. That guy's a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> I think that the the... And, you know, I think that people are realizing that now. He used to be, like, football smart guy, but he's, exactly. he's just an idiot, just like, you know, you'd expect him to be. Anyway, he's this is going to hurt him in his pocketbook. Right. Or it already has, but it's just is going to continue. Uh, and he probably will retire after this season, don't you think? I don't know. That's an interesting that's an interesting take. I could see that. Anyway, I hope that I hope the fans really let him have it. But I guess that football fans probably aren't the. No, and he'll be at home against. At, he'll be in Green Bay. They'll be playing Seattle. The fans will be supporting him. The fans support fucking I don't know. Josh Hader when he came back from suspension or. Yeah. Right. Like, also, so he's not suspended. He's just, if you're unvaccinated and you get COVID, it's a mandatory 10 day right. quarantine. <clears throat> and then he has to pass a certain, you know, league administered COVID protocol tests or whatever. Well, and then <clears throat> the other thing is that he was going around, and I don't know if the Packers are to blame for this. But he was going around kind of flaunting, uh, you know, COVID protocols for unvaccinated players in terms of right. masking and social distancing. Yeah, he was, he, 
got fined like $15,000 and the team got fined $300,000. Okay. <clears throat> um, but, right. And, you know, now, and he talked a bunch of shit about the league. So yeah. I could see the league like not letting him play on Sunday. Also, I'm not sure I believe that he quarantined all 10 of these days. Like I bet he went out. Yeah. You know? Because he knows he knows better than the doctors. Yeah. <clears throat> he went out Fucking to an axe throwing bar in Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking idiots. All right. Well, and this also makes me think so many other quarterbacks in the NFL, how many of them are doing the exact same thing, or at least thinking about it now. I guess right. it's too late, but you can't tell me that I don't know. Derek Carr is vac- is vaccinated, or Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills. He's definitely not vaccinated. Uh, <clears throat> Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, the Vikings. He's not vaccinated. Oh. Carson Wentz no. for the Chargers is not vaccinated. <clears throat> Both of those guys are anti-vaxxers, like. Aaron Rodgers. So the three of them are anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple more, but the NFL is over 90% player vaccination rate. And then I think coach and staff vaccination rate is almost 100%. That makes sense because they're all <clears throat> old guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is these quarterbacks, you know, they're all like, oh, I'm 29 years old and in peak human physical condition and I did it only through my own, I don't know, determination and the correct crystal alignment of my chakras. So therefore, I know I don't need to listen to Western medicine. Fuck these guys. I hate these guys. I hate, I hate everyone. I hate everyone so much. And that's why we really need Tom Brady to come out and be like, go get your kids vaccinated. Right. <clears throat> well, he is vaccinated. I believe he said that he is vaccinated. Yeah. Right. Definitively, he said, I got vaccinated. Good. Good. I believe. But I don't know if that's true. Right. He could be lying. There's no rule that says you have to tell the truth to the media, which is a good thing. You shouldn't tell the truth to the media. Keep them in the dark and feed them shit. That's what I say. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, that is what you say. All the time. All the time. (laughs) Sam and I are just hanging out, going to the bar together. Ah. Keep them in the dark and feed them shit. That's what it's like. Yep. Sam's like, who are you even talking to right now? All um, right, should we move on? Yeah, let's talk about baseball. Hot, hot All right, so the offseason has officially begun, right? And right. the general managers' meetings, which apparently are different than the winter meetings, and I feel like did not used to get the same sort of like media attention as they are this year. Those are happening next week, right? Starting beginning of next week. Um, and then the winter meetings are sometime in December, but 
the collective bargaining agreement expires on December 1st at 11.59 p.m., right? Right. Do I have, I have all those numbers, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, teams, however, are already making moves and players, teams and players are picking up and dropping options. Some players, J.D. Martinez for the Red Sox opted in, Kyle Schwarber for the Red Sox opted out, the Red Sox picked up the team option on Christian Vasquez. I just only know what the Red Sox have done on. Well, I can but... give some White Sox update. Yeah. <clears throat> right. The White Sox picked up the one-year option on Craig Kimbrell's contract yep. um, and are now shopping him around on the trade market, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then other, and you know, the Astros re-signed Dusty Baker to be the manager for another, what, three years or two years? Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know how many years, but they definitely re-signed him, yeah. Right, they re-signed him. Um, And it seems like some teams and players are operating under the assumption that there will be a baseball season next year, which I think is a bold assumption. Right. Um, So uh, I want to do a couple of things in this segment. The first is the big question, which I think we should only touch on now, because I think that probably we'll spend a lot of this offseason talking about it. And I know you have a, like, raging, destroy the proletariat, like, work workers, power, um, like, excitement going right now. But we're going to have to talk about labor disputes gotcha, yeah. later. But I just want to touch on, do you think that there will be a lockout to start the season next year? And maybe you can explain to the viewers, because obviously I know, what the difference between a lockout and a strike is. Um, Well, so I think based on everything that I've read, we have a 99.9% chance that there will be a lockout starting on December 1st. 2021. The question is, how long is the lockout going to last? Now, the lockout is almost the inverse of the strike. The lockout is management, the owners, um, denying the labor, the baseball players, access, right? They're not allowed to report to work because they would be working without a contract. So it's, it's the owners taking the step to say no we're locking you know think simpsons at the itchy and scratchy factory we are putting the big padlock on the gate and you're not allowed to go in the gate to go to the factory to go to your baseball manufacturing job you run manufacturing jobs there we go there's the joke i'm going to the factory to manufacture runs right like that one um, as opposed to I like it. that was good it's good yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the big question like I said is how long is the lockout going to last if we're short of a lockout happening is it are they going to stretch it through spring training is it going to affect the 2022 regular season those are the questions right. that should be causing us anxiety and again everything I've read is yeah, probably, uh, because there are going to be issues that neither side is going to want to budge on. And unfortunately, because they're both run by massive egomaniacal assholes, 
Um, although this is not a both sides do it again, I'm a union man here, but because they both think that they are going to win, neither side's going to give. So the odds of us losing baseball in the 2022 season is pretty high at this point. Right. Seems so stupid to me. It does because they're both making insane amounts of money on this. The issue really is uh, percentages of revenue. So from the owner's perspective, they're still pissed about losing revenue over the COVID year. However, the last CBA renegotiation was right after the, well, two, let's, say, let's go back about 10 years, because uh, it happens, I believe, every five years they have a CBA renegotiation. But the thing was that 10 years ago, after the 2009 economic collapse, they renegotiated They avoided a labor stoppage. And what happened was the players agreed to take a shorter cut of overall revenue because times were bad and everybody had the group sacrifice. Well, since then, like I've said many times on this podcast, the value of the fucking Kansas City Royals has increased like 100 fold. Right. So now the players are like, okay, you guys owe us. Right. And the owners are like, no, we don't. Right. So, so okay. I have two questions because um, I actually, I do know what a lockout is. I, right. um, but the two questions I have are in this scenario, why is everybody only talking about a lockout and not a strike? Like why are not the players not also threatening to strike? And two, how does a lockout work when you have contractual obligations to pay people already in place. That's, I don't know, I'm Googling that. It's like, oh, you can't come to work. And then Mike Trout's like, well, you still have to pay me $40 million a year because I have a contract. And if you don't, you're in breach of contract. Right, that's a really good question. The only part, we'll have to, answer this later because the only possible answer I can come up with is because the collective bargaining agreement that is a contract between everybody in you know Mm -hmm. like because Mike Trout his yes he's got a contract with the LA Angels right but Mm -hmm. that contract would have to be signed under the conditions of the previous collective bargaining agreement which I think was 2016, it must have been, um, which now expires. So there is no super contract, the collective bargaining agreement left to govern the rules by which Mike Trout signed his contract with the Angels. Does that make any sense? No. Oh, okay. Because I feel like if you have a contract, that's contract. You have a contract with somebody. I'm going to play baseball for you. You're going to pay me this amount of money. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, I'm not going to go play baseball for anyone else. I'm only going to play baseball for you. And you're going to pay me. And if the employer is then like, well, we're not going to play baseball anymore. I feel like the contract, if you know, if he has a good agent, would be like, well, you still have to pay me because that's what a contract is, you know? 
Right, but the collective bargaining agreement is also a contract. So when that contract expires, nobody can go to work until that contract gets renewed. His contract's not worth anything without a collective bargaining agreement. No, I don't think that's true, though, because I think that the collective bargaining agreement are the rules under which you then can make new contracts. I believe, though, but his contract... No, I see what you're saying. I don't think that I don't, because, I I don't, I don't think that them. you then get to be like, well, all contracts signed before this are now null and void because we're we don't agree to this contract. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at USA Today right now. Um, so it says blah blah blah. We just said uh, lockout almost certain to start on December first. The luxury tax system that started with the 2003 season sunsets with the expiration of the labor contract, with the exception of completing accounting and payments for the 2021 tax year. Uncertainty over the 2022 season probably will cause high spending clubs to delay reaching pricier player agreements. Free agents can start signing with any team on the sixth day following the World Series. MLB may attempt to sign a MLB may attempt a signing freeze with the start of the lockout, or the marketplace might grind to a halt on its own. So what they're saying, and this is interesting, is that even if there's a lockout, that doesn't prevent free agents from signing new contracts. So, I mean, the I don't know the contract's still good, but. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think that you can just be like, oh, well, your contract doesn't exist anymore, Mike Trout. <clears throat> well, they, they're locking them out so that they can't go to work. You won't get paid. Right, but that doesn't make any sense because it's, they're not hourly employees. Mm -hmm. They're contract employees. I mean, unless there's a clause that says if we decide to not have baseball, we don't have to pay you and everybody's contract. But that would be crazy. Right, right. Anyway, I don't know. The answer is I don't know. Other than I think that they all contracts are subject to the conditions of the collective bargaining agreement. And if they all right, <clears throat> well, yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, opt-outs. Yeah. Oh, the only other opt-out I wanted to mention real quick was Carlos Rodon. Uh, the White oh, Sox right. uh, uh, decided not to pick up his qualifying offer after he was an all-star and a Cy Young finalist in 2021. He had a great Wait, they, But they didn't, they didn't extend the qualifying offer to him. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's why I'm right. right, 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 right. He didn't have an option for next year that they then didn't pick up. Right. He's yep. going into free agency. They could have given him a qualifying offer and they they declined to. A lot of people on White Sox Twitter was upset about that. I was less upset. Like he's really good. Uh, but uh, Scott Boras is his agent, which is fine. And he made a statement that 
Rodon is specifically looking for a multiple year contract from a team and the White Sox right. are only looking at a one year extension. So that makes sense. Right. But, I don't know. Right. But then in that scenario, wouldn't you want to offer him a, a qualifying offer? Which would, in, if he declines that qualifying offer and goes and becomes a free agent, then if he signs somewhere else, you get you get a draft. Right. Yeah. No, that would make sense. So I don't understand why they wouldn't, even if they didn't want to keep him, they could have offered him that one year thing, and yeah, if he wasn't going to take it, you know. Yeah, that probably would have been the short, uh, smart thing to do. Um, tell me more about Boston's free agent decision. So, like, what does that say about their long-term goals? <clears throat> well, I think that, so, they, Christian Vasquez, the team option for next year was $7 million, which is chump change for, a, you know, he's he's not a great hitter, but he's a great catcher. and. He knows the pitching staff, almost all of whom we have under contract for next year already. And at $7 million to get somebody to replace him to be as good as he is, it would cost at least double that probably. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So that makes sense. Uh, they extended a qualifying offer to Eduardo Rodriguez, which I believe he declined. Um, and I can't remember who else, but their like their roster next season is pretty similar to their roster this season. Yeah, almost everybody that they have, with the exception of Kyle Schwarber and Eduardo Rodriguez, will be back next year. How is their payroll? Do they have a higher than average MLB payroll? They're under the luxury tax threshold. No, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think that they they have long-term deals going with Chris Sale, Nate Evaldi right now, um, and Xander Bogarts, all of which are, in this day and age, seem pretty team-friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xander Bogarts it has an opt-out after next season, which everybody just says he's definitely going to take. Mm-hmm. Um He's also a Scott Boris client. Um, I think that they let, they didn't, I think they did not offer qualifying offers to Martin Perez and um, what's his name? That guy who really fell off once sticky stuff was banned. The guy who Garrett, uh, Garrett Richards. Okay, yeah. Uh, so those guys are free agents, um, and they but those guys both started the season as starters and ended up in the bullpen. So they kind of yeah. sucked. They were part of the Red Sox starting pitching disaster. Okay, so looking at we're not quite sure, you know, all the free agents at this point. But looking at the free agents wish list, who would you want the Red Sox to go out and get? Well. I think that we need a, one more starting pitcher at least and probably two to three relievers. Okay. 
And I think those are our needs. In my dreaming heart, we get that and we sign Marcus Simeon to play second base for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that dude, he's a righty, you know, a power pull hitter in Fenway Park. He hit 45 home runs last year. Um, I guess that that stadium in Toronto is pretty home run friendly, and so is the one in Buffalo. But <clears throat> even still, he would be huge for us. Huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, free agent pitchers, I'm not sure really who's out there. Robbie Ray maybe would be good. Um, but I don't trust that guy. Uh, Why not? Well, he was terrible two years ago and the year before that. And then the year before that, he was really good. He's just like, sometimes he's good and sometimes he's bad. Uh I think that two years ago, I was reading, I was going through the list of free agent pitchers. And I think that two years ago, or maybe it was 2019, the last full season, I think he was averaging almost seven walks per nine innings or almost eight walks per nine innings, which is crazy. Yeah, that's bad. Um. But he, you know, he kind of profiles similar to Eduardo Rodriguez. He's a power lefty uh, who strikes out a lot of guys. Um, Noah Syndergaard would be cool. If he could ever come back to his, like, former self. I like that guy. Uh, Marcus Stroman, you know, he's good, too, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't trust him. So, I mean, I don't trust Noah Syndergaard. I don't trust any of those guys, honestly. I think it'd be cool if we got like Max Scherzer, but who knows how long he's going to remain elite. He's 37. Same with Justin Verlander. They're both getting up there in age, Mm -hmm. but they're both free agents this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, probably if I had, and I don't know who's on the market for relievers. Um, but you know, I'd sign Max Scherzer for three years, maybe. Sure. Um, would you pay him 30 million for a year for three years? 30 million a year for three years, probably not. Mm-hmm. Give him 70, 70 million for three years, okay? Yeah, uh. Okay, so realistically, who do you think the Boston Red Sox are going to get? I was reading this article about free agents, and Chris Taylor jumped off the page at me uh-huh. um, because he kind of fits the Haim Bloom, Alex Cora, everybody needs to play everything sort of mold. Interesting. Um, and he's a, well, I think he's, is he a switch hitter? I don't know. I don't know much about him. I'm not crazy about him, but he's a like super utility player with power. And that's like, that is kind of exactly what the Red Sox want, you know? And he also is, um, this is a crazy uh, free agent class of free of infielders. And so he might get, we might be able to scoop him on the cheap. 
So that kind of uh, that kind of jumped off the page at me. We might re-sign Eduardo Rodriguez uh -huh. uh, because I know that he likes it in Boston. So he might give a little bit of a hometown discount. Mm -hmm. um, he really liked playing for Alex Cora. So, and, you know, that guy's got issues with command, but his, he's got electric stuff and he's lefty. Ah. Uh, I don't know who else. Freddie I'm, Freeman? No, just kidding. That'd be sweet. I'm just looking at some of the list right now. Uh, Mike, I don't know how to say his last name, Fultonwitz. Uh, with the Rangers, will be. Oh, that guy sucks. Was he bad this year? He's been bad for a number of years now. Oh, I thought he was better this year. He like won a Cy Young and then never pitched well again, or something. Or he was I, like, yeah. that guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Semyon, I love that guy. That guy like was the best player on my fantasy league this team this time around. Right. Baseman, uh, the White Sox—they just declined the option on their bust of a second baseman, Cesar Hernandez. So they need a second baseman. I would love to see Marcus Simeon go to the South Side. Question: Were you surprised that he actually was an MVP finalist after Otani and Guerrero? No, no, I was. He was, I was an MVP finalist in 2019, also. Okay. He, but uh, he won a gold glove at second base and he hit 45 home runs. Like, I mean, he had a great year. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, wow, third in the AL. Okay. That's yeah, good. no, that guy's, that guy's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Uh, what else do we need to talk about? Or are we done here? Uh, well, you want to give a little college football update? I know you teased that. College football update. Uh, yes. Okay, so college football. You know, I started off with talking about how does this player belong in the Hall of Fame is the most pointless, never-ending conversation in baseball. For college football, it's who are the top four teams? Because right. everybody is always fucking arguing about that. And it's pointless. Like, there's still another month in the season to go. Everyone's all mad about the college football committee's, um, you know, decision to have Michigan ahead of Michigan State. Uh, when it doesn't fucking matter. There's still, you know, there's still another month of this game to go um so every tuesday they release their top 25 what are they as of right now um it's one georgia two alabama three my oregon ducks and four ohio state oh dang yeah yeah as of right now number five cincinnati number six michigan number seven michigan state Oregon beat Ohio State in the, at the beginning of the season. And that's got everybody mad because since that, 
since then, Ohio State hasn't lost and more or less looks like a really, really good football team where Oregon has struggled, even though they've, they've lost one game since then. Um, so, but because they still have, so that's a big argument everyone's having is, well, the eye test says Ohio State is a better football team. Yeah, well, Oregon still has the head-to-head over them. So as long as Oregon keeps winning, they should stay ahead of Ohio State. Uh, that's an interesting argument that's happening. Georgia is undefeated and just is absolutely destroying everybody right now. I would not want to play Georgia. They're like playing other good SEC teams and beating them like 34 to 3 or some like ridiculous score each each time they go out there. So right. Didn't like their best player get accused of rape though? Oh, I don't know. Some linebacker? Mm, I have not heard of that. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. Not not that I know of. Um, And then the other team is Alabama, which is, yeah, they're really good. But my whole thing is they still have to play Georgia. And if they lose to Georgia, they shouldn't get a chance to stay in the top four. If they beat Georgia, then yeah. But if they lose, then they should draw back. Um, And then the big argument is, does Cincinnati, the little guy team, deserve a shot? Um, Because the committee keeps kind of like, keeping them just outside. They're at number five right now. They're nine and oh. They beat Notre Dame. So if they go undefeated, should Cincinnati get a chance to play for the championship? Anyway, that's your college football update. Georgia Bulldogs linebacker Adam Anderson turns himself into police charged with felony rape. Dang, when was this? 8.30 8.30 today. Oh, wow. When did he, you- he turned them. That's when this story posted. But I read this story a couple of days ago. I had no idea. When was he? What's his name? Adam Anderson? Yeah. Adam. October 29th. Whoops. Charged with felony rape. On October 29th. Yeah, well, that's probably a massive problem in college football. Right. The alleged incident took place between midnight and 7 a.m. on October 29th. And on October 30th, Anderson played in the Bulldogs' victory over Florida in Jacksonville, Florida. A Georgia official said the athletic department wasn't aware of the allegation when Anderson played against the Gators. Wow. We are aware of the report and we don't comment on law enforcement matters, but I've been clear about the high standards we have for student athletes on and off the field. 
Coach Kobe Smart said in a statement. That sucks. Anyway, yeah. Georgia keeps looking like the best team on in college football. Yeah, and they beat Mizzou 43 to 6. Yeah, yeah. Even but, without but, this guy. But look, yeah, well, Mizzou's not that great, but like you look at Georgia's, it, it's hilarious how consistent they are. Um, and then we should stop, but it's uh uh let me find them because it's like, oh, okay. Every team it's the same. Here we go. South Carolina, 40 to 13. Vanderbilt, 62 to nothing. Number eight, Arkansas, 37 to nothing. Number 18, Auburn, 34 to 10. Number 11, Kentucky, 30 to 13. Florida, 34 to 7. Missouri, 43 to 6. Like every game, it's like, all right, we're just going to go out there and win. 34 to 7. That's what we win by. Doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> and they've got their at Tennessee this, this weekend. Yeah, at Tennessee, at Charleston Southern, which is like a, a warm up game. And then Georgia Tech is bad. So they're going to win the rest of their regular season games and then play in the SEC championship. I mean, against Alabama. Against probably Alabama. Alabama, if Alabama loses, it will be somebody else. Auburn or Texas A&M. So Georgia's actually, they've already secured their spot in the SEC championship. I guess there's a universe where they lose to Tennessee, but I don't see that happening. Like Tennessee's okay. They're not great. Um, and then in the Big Ten, Ohio State looks like the favorite to win the Big Ten, but Michigan or Michigan State still, they, they've got to play both those teams still. And both Michigan and Michigan State are pretty good. Uh, yeah, Ohio State has to play number 19, Purdue number seven, Michigan State, and number six, Michigan still. So they, they're not out of it yet either. And then the Big Ten championship will be Ohio State against somebody, Iowa or Minnesota or Purdue or Wisconsin. Oh, the Boilermakers. Yeah, they've been the big giant killers this year. Um, they went, who'd they beat? They beat number two, well, then they went and beat number two, Iowa, when they were number two, and then they went and beat number three, Michigan State, when they were number three, and their next game. I thought, I thought the Illini were the giant killers. They have been kind of giant killers, too. The Illini are weird, because they're, they're still real bad, right? They're not a good football team. But they're four and six. They beat Nebraska. They beat number seven Penn State last month. That game was went to triple overtime. That was the craziest game I've watched in a while. That was great. And then number 20, Minnesota. So they've won a couple of big games on the road. Um, but then they come home and lose to Wisconsin 24 to nothing. Yeah. 
that game was insane. College football overtime rules are crazy, man. They're the best. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'll give you an update next week on this stuff. Uh, that's too bad that the guy is being accused of rape. It's, it's, it's just a bad situation that they put those guys in. You know, like, you're 20 years old, and you're like a celebrity for the first time in your life, but you're still- Old enough to know not to rape, though. Yes, yeah, 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 no, definitely. I'm definitely not saying anything contrary to that. Just you're surrounded by adulation and liquor and adrenaline and other dudes, right? Like, Like almost literally toxic masculinity, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like- the toxins or the alcohol and the testosterone and the adrenaline because you just spent an entire afternoon smashing your head into somebody else's head. Anyway, right. still old enough to know not to wait. I know I'm not I'm not qualifying that at all. All right, I gotta go to bed. Um, all right. We are going to be covering these uh, topics, though, again, during the offseason. We're going to be working at hot stove stuff. Let's do some research in the labor markets. Let's really, right. oh, yeah, you guys, lots of great, like, we need a, instead of Quidditch Corner, what are we going to call it? The Labor Lounge? Labor Lounge, <laughs> Yes. Maybe we should try to have a guest on about Rainbow Lounge. I'll look in there. Yeah, let's, I'll be... reach out to Scott Boris. Tweet yeah, reach out to Scott Boris. You do that. I'll reach out to Rob Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell him we have literally dozens of listeners a week. Right, yeah. They're going to want to get their side of the story out on Dump on the Young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, things we didn't talk about. Uh, the Travis Scott concert, that was really sad. Yeah, insane. Yeah, really, that's tragic. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything to say about that other than, like, follow OSHA guidelines. Don't have 50,000 people in a space at one time. Yeah. Oh, I know. It. Here was my one take on that. Getting crushed in a huge crowd is not the way I would want to die. Right. Yeah, I think that would be a particularly gnarly way to die. Um, children getting vaccinated. Is LeBron James done? He might be. He might be. He's out for an indefinite amount of time with an abominable strain, I think. Abdominal? Abdomen. Abominable? Uh, yeah. No, I got to go to bed. My words are... It's... They're done. My words are done. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. All right. This has been Dump on the Yelp, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Uh, this is the offseason. Follow us on all your social media applications. Dump on the Ump on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Uh, shoot us a message. What books do you want us to read this offseason? Do you have any baseball B-Block book club books you want to read? We're going to be doing a book club. Uh, let us know if you want to come on the show. Slide into my DMs. We'll talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for Sam, my name is Joel. 
uh, yeah, have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. That million dollar meeting, let me show you what to do with it. Who that is? That's the illest rapper chopped and screwing it. Put this cash to game is what they told me, so I'm proving it. Put the truth in Texas with Scott Storch and you got you in here. Hit never miss, rub your click and throw them high. Cause the millionaires the answer to the game like Alan I. Middle fingers to the sky, if they don't like that reply. Cause any DJ that deny is a motherfucking ride. Give the ladies what they want.